Good morning if you're in Great Britain. Good evening if you're in Australia. Today I've got two special guests. I thought I only had one, but I found out late last night that we'll be having two special guests. So I want to let them introduce themselves. Over to you guys. Two for the price of one. Can't argue with that, my friend. Buy one, get um, one free. Eh? <laughs> uh, absolutely, absolutely. We're, put simply, we're just two mates of 20 years plus who run a football podcast. There is one more of us. You couldn't be here tonight, but our podcast is called It's a Football Thing. Uh, the link's there. And, and we just talk Premier League and we have a lot of fun doing it. So I'm Scott. And I'm RJ. Thank you, Scott and RJ. So just quickly before we start, um, how often do you guys podcast? Is it weekly, monthly, fortnightly? How, how often do you guys do it? Yeah, great question. We just started recently. We're on a weekly basis. And as Scott mentioned, we talk predominantly Premier League, but when it's whenever there's a hot topic like the Champions League, we yeah. love our football and we're not afraid to talk about what's topical. And how, how are you guys finding it at the moment? Because it it's quite hard for one just to be consistent, I'm finding it, just to be making sure that it's the same time every week that your content is out there. Are you guys finding it tough as well or are you just is it just easy for you guys? It's it's a big commitment as well. Um, and we kind of set up on a Thursday night after mm -hmm. work once all the kids are in bed. Um, we'll get together and we don't finish till about midnight, but we're, <laughs> we're, having, a, we're having a great time and we feel like yeah. anyone that gets a chance to listen... Our audio wasn't very sharp at the beginning. We had a few things we were a bit rusty at, but we feel like as it's going on, we, we've got more confident and the quality's got better, we like to hope. So. Yeah, and another thing adding to that, given that we've been mates for a very long time, to be honest with you, we talk about football all the time and all we've done differently now is put a microphone in front of us. Yeah. And, and also, being from down under Australia, <laughs> we're very seasoned in terms of staying up all night because... Yeah. Of I'm difference most more often than not we watch the premier league at 2 3 4 a.m so no skin off our back yeah. <laughs> imagine waking up to watch arsenal this season at 3 30 in the morning oh, it's, it's, it's hell man and to be I'm fair not... i mean i feel like we've given each other quite good swaps you know we've given you the premier league and you've given us sort of neighbors um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm married um, at first sight, home and away. Yes, um, as Scott knows, married at first sight. I've been watching. Um, so I, I must say thank you for for that for those two and home and away. To be honest, when I was younger, I used to really um, watch home and away quite a bit. So I know some of the youngsters out there now won't have a clue what we're talking well, about. Forget Peaky Blinders, forget the Crown, just get straight into. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, can you? I asked, I sent out a tweet um, saying I wanted to discuss people's greatest 11s or their best levers. It could be anything. And so far, I mean, I've had quite a few people come back, but yours has been the most interesting so far. Can you tell me what yours is, please? Or tell the, the viewers what yours is? Without us fighting, who wants to intro? <laughs> yeah, they've been fighting before we came on. They were fighting, so we we agreed, we agreed to be amicable just for you. So I'll let you, you kick off. <laughs> when we saw your tweet, we'd had a bit of a chat about it because we've got our little yeah. group, and, and we wanted to do something different. Obviously, mm -hmm. the fact that we're all the way down here on a floating island that the UK didn't want anymore, um, <laughs> we, we thought we'd put together a non-European. 11 and we've actually we sent you two teams as you'd know yeah. we did a last minute change 
because there's so much quality as well from outside Europe that sometimes can be forgotten. So we sent one team, then we sat down, started arguing about it again, and we, we realised we'd left out some really big players. Um, very, very big players, I may, I may add. <laughs> yeah, so we thought we'd do something different. And in the non-European 11 we've done, we've tried not to just stick with Brazilian players, um, the Brazilians and Argentinians. I think that's what most people do when they do it. It's just automatically think everybody's got to be Brazilian and Argentinian. Um, so, yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great that you guys actually went around the whole globe and, and chose teams. And, yes, we have Claudio in the building. Great to see my Chelsea friend RJ on here. Looking forward to the show, boys. Thank you, Claudio, for always being there as well, mate. Um, hope you're having a good morning. Um, yeah, he is. He's he's hum very very humble as well. So as us we were saying before stream. So, um, and he seems happy. He seems happy. That's what I like to see. Been watching these little uh, two minute videos, and Claudio seems to be happy right now. Well, the one spoke... this morning was fantastic. <laughs> well, I might. Yeah. <laughs> I spoke to him probably about three weeks ago on a stream, and he didn't look as happy as he looks now. So I'm glad Claudio is happy right now. Um, so yeah, we're gonna get into it. Um. I'm going to put the team up. Usually I don't put the team up and then we do it one by one. But I think it's better in this instance if we have the visual representation so everybody can see it. And then you guys can talk us through uh, the players and why you why you put them in there. So no. there we go. Well, um, Sorry. Go on. We'll start with Alison. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> He's a man we've spoken a bit about on the podcast at the moment. Yeah. He's obviously um, not in the greatest of form. Uh, I'm sure not many non-Liverpool fans are too bothered by it. Um, but on his day, he, he's a quality keeper. And mm -hmm. and I, I truly think, I don't know if you both agree, mm -hmm. I think this is just a tip. And the fact that he's got guys playing in front of him who aren't of serious quality, I, I think that's part of it. So he, he was an easy pick for me in goalkeeper. So, so I agree. I agree. He's very, very good. Um, and I, I've been saying this for a while, and it's a very unpopular opinion that he makes a lot of mistakes um, for a top, top keeper. Um, I remember Peter Cech, people like David Seaman, Peter Schmeichel didn't make as many mistakes as um, Alisson. But what I think Alisson has always had is the front three. The front three get him out of a lot of trouble. So if he does make a mistake, um, the front three usually get him out of trouble. And I was looking at a stat over the last two seasons, he's made, I think, seven or eight mistakes that have led to goals. And um, for me, for a top keeper, that is just a little bit too many. But then Liverpool won the league by so much which shows that his um his his teammates get him out. And yeah, I think at like if we're being honest, it was out of two goalkeepers, Allison and probably Edison uh, mm -hmm. for Man City. So it could have been any of them. And but I think going on what Liverpool have done for the last two seasons in terms of the trophies that they won, is for me, yeah, it would be Allison. Um, yeah, to flip of the coin, I agree. And I do think players like Edison and himself, mm -hmm. I think they are more susceptible to making mistakes because they're more actively called upon and they have more touches. So yeah. when you have more touches, you're more likely to commit a mistake versus other keepers who are yeah, purely shot stoppers, if you know what I mean. 
And yeah, Jackie like saying just the way they play. I mean, sometimes these guys are like on the halfway line trying to play football. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it is it is inevitable that especially as they play with their feet quite a bit as well that they are going to to make mistakes. And when it is a mistake, it usually is to do with their feet, like just kicking it to to strike or something silly. It's not like handling mistakes um, like people like Pickford that make every week. To be honest. <laughs> All right, let's not go there. Yeah, no, nah, I don't know. He's got like he's got like glass hands, isn't he? Like they just sit the ball just goes through him. It just smashes and goes through him. Who have you guys got at left back? Alfonso Davies. Yeah, um, I don't think anyone in the world could argue with that. To be fair, the yeah. the pace, the flair, uh, he's strong in the tackle, great distribution. The, this was a no brainer. The potential as well. Yeah, he's so so young. So much so much quality there, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what how the player he develops into in the next four or five seasons. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I don't think there's much we could say about him, to be fair. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have a bad word to say about him. So I think that one was quite easy. And then, yeah, we can move on to your your choice of centre-backs. Yeah, you can tell who picked the one on the left. Yeah, I can tell. When I saw that, I was like, oh, that's interesting because there's somebody that I thought maybe RJ would have put in there. Um, so... <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, we um, our group message turns a little bit um, how do we say it? Confrontational when we were coming up for the centre backs. Constructive, I'd say. Yeah, constructive. Good, 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 good. You're the optimist. Um, I had to put Gabriel in there. I like these left footer. Yeah, I think he was playing so. I mean, he was our player of the month. Hundred percent. Consistently until he had a bit of an injury. But I really like it. He's got a bit of pace to him as well. His left foot's so strong. He seems really calm. And I think if he had a stronger partner at Arsenal, he'd look even better than he does. So not who RJ wanted. We will probably have to put an alternate on our lineup that can't be displayed. But RJ, do you, do you want to explain who you wanted there? Yeah, well, out of political correctness, I let Scott choose on that one. But for me... I would have had an alternate as Thiago Silva. I just would have, yeah. I just thought he's for me an obviously hardcore biased Chelsea fan. Not sure you could see, but trying to be objective for a minute, I just think the bloke at his age is still punching out eight and nines every week, every time yeah. he's on the pitch. And I just think it's a credit to him and every other young player just how good someone can be at that age. So yeah, for me, I'm a big big fan of Silva. Yeah, so I think we will we'll leave it as an honourable mention for Silva, which um, I'm sure you're not happy about, RJ, but, you know, <laughs> it's the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. Um, let's move cool. on to the centre-back partner. Yeah, I think this guy here, he's been right up there in terms of the top European centre-backs, courted by many of the big clubs across Europe. And Koulibaly, just to me, he uses that, perfect profile of a centre-back. He's strong in the air. He's fast. He makes the tackle that's expected of a centre-back. He doesn't hold He doesn't hold back. And generally speaking, he's quite level-headed. And I think he's someone that if I'm, if I'm a goalkeeper or I'm your centre-back partner or even your defensive midfielder, you've got comfort that he's behind you or around you. So for me, he, he picks himself. Oh, I- what do you think the reason is that he hasn't sort of had a move yet? Because you'd have, I mean, everybody, I think we're all calling, or I'll say traditional top six. Um, yeah. I think we're all 
all calling out for for a centre back like him. You know, Man United definitely need him. Arsenal, one hundred and ten percent need him. No um, joke. To be honest, yeah, like I said, he's been courted by many of the big clubs. And what's stopping him? Probably the unreasonable price tag and the difficult negotiator of his club owner. That's probably what blocked him, to be honest, because he definitely has the quality. It's a shame that, oh, I'm an Inter fan and we'll get on to that as well in the Serie A. (laughs) I think many, many clubs across Italy and, and Europe generally would have loved to have him in his side. So, but yeah. it is what it is. He's a quality player nonetheless. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, let's move on to right back. Yes, well, nice segue. As I said, into fan in the Serie A and Hakimi has just come out gangbusters in recent seasons and he's one of the few players that are spearheading Inter's charge to the Serie A title for the first time in so long now. We're breaking the Juve curse, fingers crossed. Um, I, I do have to admit, um, if you look at my wardrobe, you'll see it. I mean, I bought an Inter Milan shirt this, this season uh, just for yeah. Lukaku. But yeah, um, Juventus is actually my second team. I've probably got six or seven Juventus shirts. And it's been from, you know, like Zambrotta, before Zambrotta, like uh, Viali and Ravinelli days. So Great player. Um, yeah. yeah, I used to just love watching Italian football. Um, yeah, but I just love the way Hakimi, honestly, like in the back three or back five system under Conte, I know we've got him as right back here, but he just brings that dynamism of the modern-day fullback, and I think he just adds a lot to Inter's attack in particular, and I think he's going to be a very promising player for years to come. And he's on six goals and five assists, which yeah. isn't a bad, bad return for someone playing in the defence. For sure. So. A bit like Liverpool, you where you uh, Trent Alexander and obviously Robertson, they're just getting crazy numbers. But I think what I like about Hakimi is that he can actually defend. Mm. Um, I think we've got to a stage where where we're not even rating players on their defending anymore. People are like, <laughs> well, this guy's got this he many assists, but yeah, he can cross. And I'm like, because a lot of people talk about Aaron Wan-Bissaka and the, the fact that mm. he he when he gets forward. He doesn't really know what to do, but his first job is to defend. I would prefer my defenders defended before they attacked. And I think that's the one thing that the Italian league has never sort of shied away from is having your defenders actually defend first before they do anything else. So, yeah, yeah. again, Kimi, we can't, we can't argue with that. Um, this midfield is, again, just... Unbelievable, um, in my eyes. Um, I'll let you go, Scott, um, because obviously I'm guessing you put this guy in there. Yeah, and I mean, I think when we speak about Thomas Partey, we need to speak about Ndidi as well, mm. because it was really a deliberate choice to put two guys like that in the middle who just mm-hmm. epitomise work rate, um, tireless moving up, moving back, tracking, making tackles. Yeah, destruction, they, that's right. They, they absolutely complement each other. And when you look at our offensive players, you needed two guys in the middle who could provide that balance. But speaking of Thomas Partey, obviously we haven't seen enough of him at Arsenal. The the Arsenal yeah. curse has struck. A guy that had no injuries in his career comes yeah. to Arsenal and has sat out so much. But when we have seen him and even when he was playing, um, in the La Liga, he just, he's so dynamic. He's so dynamic. He, and 
he contributes in defense, but he also can spark attack as well. So, yeah. And I think adding to that, it's just the profile of both players. Like you said, Scott, the dynamism, but they're also beyond the engine are quality football players fundamentally. And these guys here, like my, my, one of my favorite players, Conte, they're good football players. And I think, especially when we get further up the list in our team, other players in those more advanced positions can benefit from that work rate and quality that these two workhorses bring. So I think yeah. they're probably the low-key mm. highlight players of our team, to be honest that, with you. They hold it together mm. because it doesn't matter who you've got up top without two guys like that in the middle. You need to connect apart. those dots. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it is a very interesting one because, I mean, I'd obviously watched Atletico Madrid loads of times. I watched Partey loads of times, but I've never, I'd never really noticed how good he was in that transition. Like you're saying, after he's won the ball, how good he is at getting forward. And um, I've been pleasantly surprised how good he is on the ball as well. Um, and Didi again, like you're saying, it's just destruction and then just starts attacks. And it's really weird because a lot of people talk about Kante in terms of that. He's not good at passing or he's not good on the ball. But how, that doesn't make sense to me because he won the, the league two seasons in a row. And for me, it it's a lot to do with the way he plays. Um, we talk about the Makalele role. I think he made his own role. I think Kante made mm. his own role in the sense that he was literally everywhere on the pitch. If there was if the other team was about to score, Kante would just come out of nowhere. He's quick, he's fast, and yeah, he starts attacks. And I think sometimes people are harsh on people like Ndidi and Kante and say they can't play football, and that's why you know they're not really up there. But you just have yeah. to look at what their actual job is to do, and there's they're, they're second to none, to be honest. With players um, like that, you don't know what you've got till they've gone. Yeah, because yeah. They do so much of the dirty work that isn't always in the limelight, but you mm-hmm. take those players out. And everyone else struggles. And Kante is one of the few players RJ and I actually agree on in terms of how we rate. In terms of how we rate him, I, I would have loved to have Kante at Arsenal. And what I really, yeah, it's, I know it's not the show about Kenny or Kante, but what I do like about our little Frenchman is that he's someone where he's not just a defensive destructor. He, like he, he's not known, renowned for his this defensive discipline like he's someone that was very good at initiating a counter press and he will chase right back left back striker reserve orange peeler he'll do everything this guy like that's what i love about him he's a very team first kind of player he's not just he's not just a one trick pony yeah no i totally i totally agree um we'll go to left forwards i like working across so who have you got in that left forward position you want this one or you want me to do it? I Make me. I don't particularly enjoy bigging up Spurs players, but I flipped the coin it. on that one. Look, no, in all seriousness, all bias and rivalry aside, Son is just an exceptional footballer. Mm. He's a guy who, even though there's not a lot of creativity around him, um, he's stepped up and he's able to spark attack from nothing. He's on 18 goals, 12 assists this season, uh, and those numbers aren't rare for a guy like him. And I actually think, again, all bias aside, he just seems like a really 
humble, hard-working and dedicated footballer. So he, he was one that we wanted in. You just wonder why he's where he is. But in, in all seriousness, I have to totally agree. As a, as a Chelsea fan, I always feared him probably the most, arguably with Kane, of course. But yeah. He's just someone that's been there, done that for so long as well. It's not just he came out of the woodwork. This guy's been low-key, high-consistency sort of player. And for us, he definitely deserves to be on this list. Yeah. And one thing I'd question is why you left somebody else out in that position. Um, I mean, I think Son, I always said I thought Son was world-class. And I don't know. It seems like Jose Mourinho's actually killed him this season. Um but there is somebody. Do you think? Do you know who I think should should be there ahead of him? Is it was he part of a uh, Premiership winning team? Why Why was money? I, I mean, like you could choose either or, or but why was money left out? <laughs> it, to me, it was an e- either or, like yeah, similar. I mean, yeah. and, and I mean, we we did really we wanted this to be a real international. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. 11, so, so to have a player who's South Korean in there as well. Yeah, yeah. Neymar's also been left out of this team. I'm sure you noticed that. But there's also... Oh, I didn't notice yeah. you just said it, to be fair. But that, I refuse to put Neymar but There's in also the fan. other aspect as well. Like, you asked a very good question because I've got it in my, my little paper in front of me. You can't see it, but I wrote Mane down there as the alternate. Mm. But I think if you want to defend... The song choice, another aspect, it's not a primary one, but it is an advantage, is is, is the height. And yeah. I think that's something to change the profile a bit, and especially in those attacking areas in and around the yeah. box. Like, for example, for, for Chelsea at the moment, it's the whole Alonso versus Chilwell thing, and Tuchel come out and said, oh, Alonso offers that height advantage. So it, it is something that's real for managers, mm-hmm. and I think Son at least has that quality over Mane, even though it's not a quality, it's a birth, <laughs> birth thing. So, yeah, flip of a coin choice. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It was just a flip of a coin choice. Um, I actually had money as the best player in the Premiership last season. So, yeah, um, right up. yeah, it would have yeah, meant you left out Salah, who I don't think you can leave him out. Mm. Um, yeah, so it, it, it was either or. I could see, I could see the why you've gone for Sun anyway. Um, Behind the striker, who have you gone? So you're playing four, two, three, one. Who have you got in there? Some, some up and comer. You might have heard of him, but he's going to do big things in the game of football. Lionel Messi. He's obviously what? Well, what else do you say? It's a full stop. The guy, even though he's like Cristiano Ronaldo, we're at the twilight of their careers. They're still punching out big numbers despite their respective ages. And I just think someone like that, the intelligence, the movement especially being complemented by the two workhorses behind him. I think it could cause some real havoc in and around those areas, especially with the players on the left and right of him. What, what did you make of what was going on in the summer with him wanting to leave and them saying no? Do you think they should have let him leave? Because in my eyes, I think, I think, I don't think they've, I don't think they've prepared for it. Like he was always, he's going to stop playing football eventually. And I don't think they've, ever prepared for it i know they had neymar for a while but i don't think they've really prepared for it for messi leaving and i think for everything he's done for them i think they should have probably let him go but obviously that's what contracts and stuff are there for what, what did you guys think his contracts an expensive one and i'm wondering now hindsight's a beautiful thing uh, i'm wondering now if the covid 
situation being what it is, if Barcelona had their time again, would they have taken a big bid from Man City or someone else? Uh, um, I mean, they definitely that that contract is just uh, it's it's insane. I mean, he's arguably the best player of all time. We we clash on the Ronaldo Messi debate. I'm more on the Ronaldo side, but we won't go there. Um, but that contract is just heavy, and I, I have a feeling he'll go at the end of the season. Definitely, I don't think he'll renew. Yeah. And my two cents on that is just that I think the club itself is in a little bit of a shambolic state at the moment. I think they've they've basically had their football operational, their investment strategy banked on one player, which is not very good, sustainable business. Obviously, we all know he's obviously one of the top two players, at least of all time. But all good things come to an end, and I don't think they've planned for that very well. And you can't plan for a place a goal like Messi. You know, no. and the thing is, I don't know if all the rumours are true about how much Messi does actually choose who goes there and who leaves and stuff. But, you know, some of the players that they've let go in terms of, like, when they were at the top of the game, like Samuel Etu and Ibrahimovic and players like that, and you just think, you guys, yeah, you just thought this guy, he was going to play for the next 20 years. Like, you, you don't yeah. have any plans. Yeah. I literally have no sympathy for them whatsoever. Yeah, um, no. I just hope, yeah, Messi, Messi gets what he wants this summer because he deserves it. He's been there for his whole career and he honestly deserves it. Um, it's sad, it, though, in a way, because on one hand, we all love the player that he has become and what he's given to us as football fans. But the other part of me says, how good would it be if he could just finish up as a one-club player? So I kind of get that aspect yeah. as well. Like, because, I mean, even if he goes to a City, he'll do well because City's got a great squad. If he goes to PSG, he's already Easy. got a League One title guaranteed. But will that – it's not like Ronaldo where he's been a bit of a journeyman, dominated each team he's gone to, whereas Messi's been special in his own right because he's been the one-club player. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm a bit mixed on that one. Yeah, we'll see how that one pans out. Who have you guys got on the right forward? Um, Mo Salah. I mean – Pretty difficult to leave Salah out. Uh, he he wanted Ziyech in there, which was an absolute no-go. Until we went with a back three and now yeah. we can't get in the squad. Yeah, yeah. The Moroccan sensation. No, but Salah just offers um, so much spark. He'll win plenty of penalties throughout the season. Um, yeah. plenty of penalties. He's just, you can't even describe him in too much detail. He's truly of an elite calibre. Yeah, the consistency, the pace, the finishing, the yeah. the Swan Lake diving. No, in all seriousness, he's just a quality player. And, yeah, very hard to exclude him. If you thought Mane was hard, we couldn't yeah. justifiably exclude him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when I come to picking teams and stuff, and you, you did mention the diving, for some reason, I just can't get past it. And it's probably one of the reasons why I always leave Neymar and, and Salah out of teams. That's a way back. <laughs> it's literally just based on that. I'm just like, you're you're the best players in the world. That's the one thing you don't need to do. Like, if you're rubbish at football and you're just trying to buy free kicks and win penalties and stuff, um, I get it. But you're at the top of your game. You're the best in your position. Like, why do you feel... Like Salah the other day was just like, this is just... It looks like you're desperate and... Whether that's to do with his team not winning as much, but he—I don't know—I just, I just Russia. don't get it. Man. 
and it's just something that he can't get rid of. He actually physically can't get rid of it. And you can see sometimes you look at them and you think, what have I just done? Why have I just done something so stupid? And with VAR and stuff, that's what makes me feel like it's just in him and he can't actually get it out because now VAR's there. You're not going to get away with diving and stuff like that anymore. But, it's but just, they still are. They still are and it's not getting punished. So yeah. until retrospective punishment, and I mean, it can be so subjective because if there's even some contact, is it a dive? Because it, or is it exaggeration? And what's the difference? Exaggeration. It's not a dive. Yeah. It's exaggeration. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no. I totally agree. But yeah, well, he's, you know, he's just a great player anyway. So we'll we'll get past the the theatrics just because he is a great player. And yeah, the guy out front. Um, I am, and I'm not shocked. Um, I mean, I think people that are shocked are looking at it from this season. They're basing, they're they're purely basing it off this season. But if you base it off the whole of the last seven, eight years, then three. Yeah, yeah. You know, There's another notable mention as well, but definitely this guy. He doesn't look like a fish out of water. Uh, who was your notable mention? Uh, for me, I'd probably go uh, Luis Suarez. To be honest, oh with yeah, you. Okay, I think he, he's he's been at the top for a long time, and I'm glad he wasn't at the top this morning for obvious reasons. But he's definitely high high quality. No, he bite too many people. I'm happy for him. He bites a lot of bite, doesn't he? Yeah, he sure does. <laughs> now, look, uh, obviously that that was my pick. Uh, the the boys last night at. 11 o'clock, didn't have the energy to argue with me too much over it. But, again, I'm not looking at this season. That's one of the things we debated. Are we looking at current form? Are we looking at form over the last few years? What? And we best decided, sorry. Sort of. I think it is best to do, like, over a three-, four-year sort of thing because, obviously, you could yeah. put someone in there that just plays one good season and then you never see him again. So, it for me, it makes sense over two, three, four years. And and he's scored goals everywhere he's gone. He's scored so many goals. And uh, is it 250 he hit the other day? Was it 250 goals? I can't remember off the top of my head um, in the top European league. So a guy that can do that in multiple leagues isn't out of place in this lineup. I mean, someone that scored, outscored Lewandowski and Harry Kane um, you know, you just that that shows the ability he does have. Um, I'm not quite sure what's on his mind at the moment. I don't believe it's because he's got a new contract and he's just down tools. I, I, I don't believe that at all. But um, there's something obviously going on there because he, he doesn't even look like he can run past people anymore, which is very strange. You can't just lose your pace in, in two months. It, that, that doesn't make sense to me. So there's obviously something going on. Was there anyone else that you? I mean, Suarez again. Just you can't get past the the person he is off mm. the pitch or the things that he does on the pitch. He's just amazing, but as a person, he just seems to be a bit of a douchebag. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's been anyone more than one. Yeah. Seems. But yeah, now his antics, even this morning with Antonio Rudiger, he saw yeah. like he grabbed he grabbed his leg, and that's what's provoked Rudiger to almost lose his cool. Yeah. Unfortunately, with some of these players, it's the same with our good friend Diego Costa. They tiptoe yeah. the line. That you love them when they're on your team, but when they're Hate against you, yeah, they just they can't help themselves. They get that white line fever, and they just don't know how to not cross the line when they they don't know how to channel that aggression productively. Unfortunately, 
they do. And when they do, you see, you sort of see, I think Diego Costa was better at channeling his, his energy into making goals than um, Suarez was. Um, and even between those two, that is a, it's a mad competition as to who you would want in your team. Obviously, I think Suarez has the technical ability over um, over Diego, but I think Diego would just kill people, and I think people just love to have that. <laughs> like, yeah, he, just... he brings those intangibles, doesn't he? He's someone that will go to war with you, and he picks you up. He gives you that extra 5% from those around you, and sometimes that's very hard to quantify. But, yeah, technically, Suarez, more proficient. But who's better? Flip a coin, I think. So there, there, there are a lot that can count. So I mean, we mentioned Neymar. We'll, we'll be generous. We'll give him a spot on the bench. Uh, he can come on as an impact sub. Mane was someone we missed. Um, yeah. also, originally, Kat, Casemiro was in the team yeah. as well. He's another guy that provides that drive, um, that work rate, hard tackling, and can also crack a good shot sometimes. So there, there are a couple of players that we left. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun team to put together. And Matt Ryan in goals, of course. Yeah, absolutely, Matt Ryan. Low shout out. Um, maybe we could have we could have tried to put uh, Tim Cahill in there as well. Um, <laughs> if he ever wants to come out of retirement. Um, but yeah, no, I mean we can't. We literally can't argue with the team that you guys put out there. Um, I think people probably would be surprised. The two. Most surprising ones probably people would uh, say are Abamyang and Ndidi, but I think they would just be probably looking at Abamyang on this season and Ndidi because of who he plays for. It's nothing to do with his ability. It's just literally who he plays for. So people will be like, well, you we can't really put him in there because he plays for Leicester City. And there are no slouches. I mean, look, look how they're performing. That's the thing. I don't think they're ever going to get the respect they deserve, even though they've sort of like they have won the league in recent times. Um, and people like Spurs and Everton seem to get more respect than than them when they haven't done anything. It it doesn't quite make sense to me, but you know, yeah. and you can see how good um you can see how good Leicester are flourishing. Very well balanced, good manager, but. Players like Ndidi perhaps are low-key, like you said, because of who they play for. But look how good his count, his his fellow colleague Madison's going in that more advanced position. And who do you think's helped facilitating that? It's obviously yeah. he's got the quality, but players like Ndidi just help him that much more. <laughs> yeah, as Top Tech has said, bring back Viduka. He was a baller. Absolutely. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I or Harry Kuehl, actually, for what they did uh, at Highbury and lost us the league that year when they beat us 3-2. So pa- just painful memories. Get Schwarzer back for Chelsea, I reckon. There have been some really good Aussies in the Premier League over the year. I mean, Mark Bosnia. The- I'll tell you who I think is the best. I think Harry Kuehl was the best in terms of... I think he had the highest ceiling. I think he could have been the one that could have genuinely been world-class if... He hadn't had the injuries and the right moves at the right time. I mean, he played for Liverpool and and Leeds at the time, so he did get two good moves. But I think Tim Cahill, I just think Cahill was the best out of all of them. He punched me. He was the most aggressive. He's the one that was like the true fighter, punched above his weight. He was always like, he typified that Aussie Aussie grit, that spirit of going up against the bigger boys. And I remember one of these goals he scored against us. 
with this crazy overhead kick. Yeah. And it's just like that's Timmy Cahill wrapped up in a nutshell. Like the guy just doesn't give up and he sort of like embodies that typical mm-hmm. Aussie spirit. So, yeah, I was a big fan of his. Top, top techers knows his football. Oh, oh, yes. Again, back to Harry days, I remember there being a uh, corner and obviously he was playing Everton. And I just saw it all unfolding. I just saw Cahill just coming. I saw it. I was just, I was like, nobody's picking up Cahill. I just kept saying it. No one's picking him up. No one's picking him up. And then Ooh. he's not even the biggest guy on the pitch. But the amount of headers that guy used to get was just, just, just unbelievable. And yeah, I think he goes down as one of the, probably one of the most underrated players as well in the Premiership. And again, I think sometimes where you come from, and who you're playing for goes against you. And I think that was definitely one of the issues for Cahill, that he's Australian and he played forever. He kept, but Cahill kept doing it yes, till he forever. was about 36. And he was, still, mm. he was still our national team's best player. You could put him in the national team now, he'd probably still be our best player. Yeah. Um, if a mill didn't go down too well, because over here, mill are hated. Like, they're <laughs> just one of every single team hate so that probably went against them a little bit but it's still that shouldn't take away from how good the guy was to be honest well, one player that was also we had big hopes for and didn't quite take off or he i i personally have a lot of respect from zaren moy i thought mm-hmm. he was quite a talented and technically gifted player and he sort of he was started making a bit of waves and then he sort and of tapered off a bit yeah um, you know what? Now, now you guys have said that. We'll, we'll, we'll do that. We'll do the greatest eleven Australian players. We'll Stop. do that. We're, we're going to hook that up for whether we could do it this week or next week. But we will. That is going to be a very interesting show. I'm going to do mine, and you guys do yours, and then let's see how how close they are. Um, but Moy, I mean, he did play for Man City, didn't he? So he would have had some sort of technical ability. Um, Brighton and Huddersfield, you obviously play for both of those teams. Um, there was times when I watched him at Brighton, especially, just thought yeah. this guy, you know what, if he's playing for the, a better team, he's going to be, he could be really good, but you Absolutely. know, he, he, form's always going to drop when you're playing for a team like that, because... Yeah, yeah, I'm not him over on any. Well, you've got to strike the right balance, don't you? Because like you said, on one hand, you want to be in a team that complements your skills and helps elevate yeah. you, but you also got to have the right minutes. And if you're playing yeah. in a team that's too good, you're not going to get those minutes. So there's a trade-off there. But, yeah, spot on. You know, if you're playing, passing to, like, Glenn Murray and people like that, <laughs> your, your conversion rate isn't going to be as good as if you're, say, a player, you know, with Aguero or Bamiang last season or whoever. So, yeah. yeah. Slight difference. yeah. <laughs> but, guys, thank you so, so much for, for coming on. Um, that, that was an amazing show. Um Again, please tell us where we can find you, what you guys do, just in case anybody missed the beginning. Yeah, you can find us on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google. Our podcast is called It's a Football Thing, but please get, get in touch with us on Twitter. We're trying to build our following, and and we'd love some audience engagement as well. So you can find us um, in the handle that's listed just down there. And we're also yeah. our personal accounts too. We obviously interact on there as well. So Scott has his one. What's yours? Again? Mine's at SM underscore Borg. And mine's capital RJ, the letters RJ underscore good things. I'm also yeah. a 
writer and editor for Chelsea fan page that's growing pretty rapidly, I might say, the Chelsea Social. So get on board if you're a blue, but if not, happy to support <laughs> Premier League in general on the IFT pod. Yeah, I'll put all their links to all of their pages on at the end of this video, and I'll also put it on my uh, Twitter so you can find them. But um, if you're not subscribed to my channel, then I don't know how you quite found yourself over here. But if you're not <laughs> subscribed, obviously I'm Big Gunner TV. I'm the same on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, and again, guys, thank you so much for an amazing show. Thank you for a very, very good team. Like I was saying, a few of them were just a, basically a coin toss between uh, players. So, yeah, an amazing team. And, yeah, you heard it first. We're going to bring you an all-time um, Australian eleven, And hopefully we can do that this week or next week. So everybody that's been in the comments, thank you. Anybody that's going to watch this after, thank you. Please leave more comments. Let us know who your best eleven would have been. And make sure you guys have a good evening. Um, Anybody over here, have a, enjoy the rest of your day. See you soon. Thank you.